It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, February 26th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. First things first, Zaza did that on purpose. I want to be very clear about that. He has a history of doing it. Falling over onto Russell Westbrook was, you know, it was a purposeful thing. You know, he's not that uncoordinated and nobody knocked him over. He fell on Russ. Does he deserve to be punished for that? I I think, yes, with 2020 hindsight, I mean, they can go back and look at that and give him a fine. Like, I'm not going to pretend like just because he plays for my favorite team, he's not doing some subterfuge over there. That was dirty, and it wasn't cool, and I hope that Steve Kerr had a conversation with him about it, about not, you know, because we want him to draw his line a little bit before dirty. You know, we want him to draw his line at scrappy, you know, where Bogut drew his line back in the day. Bogut never fell on anybody, but he would give people pushes and shoves and this and that, and that's what Zaza does so well, but he's got to rein himself in because it was so very clear from replay that he fell over onto Russ without uh, provocation. So that's my opinion on that. And we're going to get into a lot of other Warriors-related subjects today. It feels like things are finally kind of back to normal, taking a, you know, a regular tent. The All-Star game is over. The All-Star break has come and gone. A few of the Warriors look like they got a little bit of sun. It's great. They're looking very, very good on the offensive end. Still got some things to do defensively and taking care of the ball, but two big wins coming back from the All-Star break, and they're keeping pace with the Houston Rockets right now, and the Rockets are playing extremely well. So we're going to talk about that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first segment. Very, very exciting basketball, and how could you not want a seven-game series between these two teams? In the second segment, we're going to look ahead on the Warriors' schedule. They've got the Knicks tonight before continuing a short Eastern swing and then coming back home. And then we're going to talk about Jordan Bell. He hopes to return tonight. It's very exciting. This is about the right time, and Steve Kerr said that uh, he's available. So expect that, and, and we'll see what he brings against this Knicks team. And then in the third segment, we're going to preview the Knicks game in its totality. No Chris Stapps makes for a very different Knicks team. The last time we played, there was no Chris Stapps either, but that was before the ACL tear. We'll get into what this roster is looking like right now. And still, you know, you're going up against a guy in Ennis Cantor who inhales offensive rebounds. So the Warriors will have a challenge in front of them, you know, especially at Madison Square Garden. Five years ago, Stephen Curry scored 54 points at Madison Square Garden. He's looking to be the only player, along with LeBron and Michael Jordan, I believe, to have multiple 50-point games at Madison Square Garden. And he's on a tear, 49 points, 44 points, uh, killing it. And it seems like his 
last two thirds of the season fire like flame on act is 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 starting again this season as well. You know where he gets better and better at shooting the ball and more and more prolific as the season goes on. 44 points against the Clippers on Thursday and then continuing the trend of hitting his open shots and making difficult contested shots against the Thunder. Playing second fiddle to Durant this game, Curry had 21 points on 19 shots, but he was 5 of 12 from 3, which is 42%. He also had 9 rebounds and 6 assists. He really filled up the stat sheet. And only 2 turnovers, so that assist-to-turnover ratio was excellent. 16 turnovers for the team as a whole, 25 points off those turnovers. That's a lot. The Thunder were forced into 16 turnovers as well, but the Warriors only got 18 points off of those turnovers. Fast break, the Warriors were held in check, 15 fast break points, but held OKC to only 10, and that's an engine that really likes to get out and run, so that was really good. And second chance points, right even, 19 for the Warriors and 17 for the Thunder, so they really rebounded as a team and made sure that the Thunder didn't get a chance to get easy baskets from offensive rebounds. The crowd was in it really early. They're a very smart crowd and knew OKC had beaten us, walloped us two times previously. Felt like a playoff atmosphere. Uh, the rally towels were waving. Good, good idea to bring the rally towels out for this game. And the crowd was absolutely excellent. And early on, the Warriors were making sure that they didn't allow the crowd to, to get out of it. Durant blocked a jumper. I hope you took a, a, a drink for that one. Uh, it was a great Durant game, 28 points, easy 28 points. He didn't play in the uh, fourth very for very long. Curry didn't play in the fourth at all. Uh, it's easy to forget now that Durant used to play for the Thunder, but he still gets up for these games and... The Warriors backed him up this time for the first time this season. Uh, Andre hit a three, and that doesn't happen very often. It was the only one he took, but uh, he downed it. You know, they're going to leave him open. He's got to get a little bit more confident taking the shot and then making the shot. The ESPN broadcast was... You know, ABC, I mean, was was up and down. Lisa Salters, it's always a pleasure to have Lisa Salters on the sideline. She has such great relationships with coaches and players that she can get access that uh, other sideline reporters just can't get. And, you know, she's very, very widely respected, and I thought she was the best part of the broadcast. Mark Jackson said something uh, during the second quarter when both Draymond and West were on the floor. They, he said, they don't have any rim protection on the floor, so you got to go attack the rim. And I'm like, wait, Draymond and, and David West are not rim protection? Uh, that, that felt a little salty to me. I, it, I, I, I thought that Jackson was wrong in that instance, and you know, it's misleading a less knowledgeable basketball-watching populace, and I just didn't appreciate it. Uh, the Warriors were beaten in transition a bunch of times in the first and second quarter, and they really were able to turn it around. Uh, and uh, JaVale started, I guess, Steve Kerr for the second game in a row. Steve Kerr decided to bring JaVale in to battle and keep the the uh, defense honest against a very good uh, rim protection uh, center. First, it was DeAndre Jordan and now Steven Adams, and they were able to, when Steven Adams came out on the pick and roll, they were able to punish him, and JaVale was able to get a few easy baskets, and then on the defensive end, he made some mistakes, but was a scary big guy, and then we were already able, also able to bring back uh, Zaza into the game, and he became another scary big guy, but what JaVale brings is the ability to 
open up the opponent's defense in the pick and roll. He punished Steven Adams with a couple of rolls to the basket, a couple of cuts, backdoor cuts to the basket when Adams was more concerned with what was going on in the perimeter, and right, right, uh, uh, rightly so, uh, you know, because the Warriors have the best shooting offense in the league, and a lot of it comes from outside. So the the game plan was to bottle up Stephen Curry, and, and Stephen Curry was diming. He just, like, hit of his six assists, you know, a couple of them, three or three or four, really, were just absolutely out of nowhere finding the open man on the weak side. Uh, a couple of times that was Nick Young in the third. And in, in those situations previously, you might expect a turnover, but no turnovers this time around. And the Warriors really took care of the ball. And they forced Russell Westbrook into five turnovers. Uh, while nobody contributed five on the Warriors, Draymond Green had four. Clay had a few vision assists. You know, he only had two assists, but both of them were... One was to JaVale McGee rolling to the basket for a dunk, an alley-oop dunk, and then another was... I, you know, I can't remember exactly, but it was smart passing, and the Warriors had 36 assists on 42 made baskets, so they're really not falling into the trap of going one-on-one against a good team that has a lot of one-on-one weapons. The Warriors also a lot of one-on-one weapons, and especially Kevin Durant, who was absolutely amazing, uh, very few times had to actually go one-on-one. All of his baskets, all of his 10 made baskets on 20 shots, 28 points, uh, came really uh, within the flow of the offense. Four of six from three. Clay was only one of 11 from three. Not a great game for him. Only 11 points. But he played fantastic, fantastic defense on Russell Westbrook and also on Paul George. And uh, that, I think, made up for his lack of scoring power. And it didn't really matter. The third quarter, the Warriors just broke it open on the backs of their defense, Clay included. They used screens on the offensive end to get Adams out of the lane, which often opened up driving lanes uh curry used them to his advantage a number of times and um i I gotta say both draymond and clay have been doing some plyometrics or something draymond is getting some incredible up on his dunks lately and clay hasn't muffed a dunk attempt uh in what seems like uh, a year so i want to give both of them credit for working clearly in the offseason to get their ups a little bit more uppy. Now we got to take a break. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Microsoft Surface and Teams. At CDW, we get the future of remote meetings works differently. Oh, going right from launch directly into a meeting, that could be awkward. But with Microsoft Surface devices with Teams orchestrated by CDW, the future works better. Touchscreen and voice capabilities keep Teams engaged and productive, enabling you to always collaborate with confidence. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. Psst, you have a spinach in your teeth. Thanks for the tip, man. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com surface. We're back, and I want to take you through the schedule, the last part of February and the first couple of weeks of March. The Warriors actually have a pretty easy-ish schedule until the end of the year. 
There's still about 20, 21 games, 22 games it looks like, to go. And starting tonight, the Warriors are in New York. As I said, Stephen Curry has been incredible in New York. And then they go to the Washington Wizards, where Curry has also been incredible in the past, scoring 51 points uh, when President Obama was present at a game during the 2015-2016 season where he hit 400 three-pointers. Then they're coming home to face the Nets and the Spurs Tuesday, March 6th and Thursday, March 8th, respectively. They beat the Spurs in their last time out, but uh, this time the Spurs will have LaMarcus Aldridge, so we'll see uh, if that makes a difference. They play the Spurs again on Monday, March 19th at San Antonio, so those two matchups will do a lot to determine playoff seeding. After the Spurs on March 8th, it's a back-to-back where they will be at Portland. So they'll play home to the Spurs on Thursday, March 8th, and then fly up to Portland. And it's a short two-game road trip. They're flying to Minnesota to play them in Minnesota on March 11th. That's a Sunday. Good news out of Minnesota. Jimmy Butler is only dealing with a meniscus injury, not an ACL tear. He'll be out four to six weeks, so it'll be tough for them. But... He's not going to be out for the year, and that's just great news for Minnesota fans and fans of the NBA everywhere. Home to the Lakers and Kings on Wednesday and Friday, March 14th and 16th, respectively. And then at the Suns on Saturday, March 19th, uh, Saturday, March 17th, excuse me, and at the Spurs, as I mentioned, on Monday, March 19th. That's about as far as I'll take us in this schedule breakdown but, uh, there, you know, a lot of West teams uh, after that Eastern Conference swing and some good teams, Portland, San Antonio, Washington, and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. But other than that, you got some gimmies, some, some games that the Warriors in the past this season might not have gotten up for, and that's why we lost to the Kings. And so we're playing the Kings again. Got to play the Kings well. Got to play the Nets well. Got to play the Lakers well, you know? The Lakers have, have given us, and, and they're completely revamped now too, but they've given the Warriors a hard time this year. And you got to play the Hawks well. The first time the Warriors will have met the Hawks, and the Hawks are scrappy. They're only 18-42, and 42, but they're scrappy, and they're well-coached. So that's what the Warriors can expect over the next few weeks. And, you know, they're one of the deepest teams in the league, but it's great news that they'll be getting Jordan Bell back tonight against the New York Knicks, and he'll be... I imagine, I imagine playing short minutes, you know, no more than 10 or 15 minutes. He's had plenty of time to heal and get that inf- inflammation down in his leg, in his uh, ankle, excuse me. And, uh, you know, but he's going to be going up against some powerful guys, some guys who like to rebound the ball. Ennis Cantor, Willie Hernan Gomez, if he gets to playing time tonight. There's a few other guys on the Knicks that I'll be getting into. But it's great to have him back. And, he's, you know, he suffered his first NBA-level injury. And, you know, this is a learning experience for him. And he's watched the Warriors play up and down in his absence. And so hopefully he's seen some things on the tape that he can bring to right the ship and make sure that he doesn't contribute to some of the bad habits the Warriors have picked up over the last four months. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. 
Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Now I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Locked On Warriors is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. That's a connected male audience. If your company is looking for exactly that, look no further than Locked On Warriors and the Locked On Podcast Network. Our rates are reasonable, but don't take my word for it. Send me an email at alikocarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter 11 at gmail.com, and I'll give you all the details. All right, now it's time to discuss the New York Knicks, and the Knicks have been in a state of free fall, unfortunately for them, ever since Chris Stapp's Porzingis went down with an ACL tear. He's going to be out for the remainder of the season. Ron Baker had shoulder surgery to uh, repair a dislocated labrum, a dislocated right shoulder and torn labrum uh, at the end of January. So that backup point guard position is a little thin for them. And Joe Kim Noah is not involved with the team at all in any way, shape, or form. The Warriors have been rumored to be targeting him uh, as a as a waiver pickup. And, you know, I don't think it would be a bad idea. You know, he still brings that bruising nature and in five or ten minutes a game, going in there, sopping up fouls, blocking a few shots maybe, rotating, playing extremely well, barking out orders from the, uh, you know, on, on the defensive end, I think I could, see, I could see him fitting right in, honestly. The issue is what does he have left in the tank? Because he's, been, he's, had a, he's made a few stops, and I really think it's just like the money that he's getting, not necessarily... Uh, that he doesn't have anything left in the tank, but that he wasn't playing for anything. You know, in New York, he's not playing for anything. The team isn't very good. Uh, so, uh, he, he, you know, we'll see. I, I really hope that he still has some of that defensive player of the year-ness uh, left in him. Uh, but the Warriors, if they can pick him up for cheap, you know, it, it's it's definitely low risk and potentially high reward for the playoffs. Starting at the end of January, the Knicks went on a fat nine-game losing streak, losing to the Celtics, Bucks, Hawks, Raptors, Pacers, 76ers, and Wizards. The Eastern Conference just took a dump on the New York Knicks after Chris Stapp's Porzingis went down. And then they beat the Magic uh, on Thursday. A nice 120-113 win to start a little momentum building but then lost to the Celtics again on Saturday and now they have to play the Warriors and then go on a four game trip against teams that are bound for the playoffs except for the Kings they have to play the Clippers they have to play the Trailblazers and they have to play the Bucks before coming home to face the first in the East Raptors so their schedule right now is absolutely gargantuan and um, they they haven't been playing particularly well they got walloped by the Celtics uh, the first time they played, 103-73. to They also got walloped by the Bucks, by the Raptors, and by the 76ers. This could be one of those games, again, where the key Warriors don't have to play in the fourth quarter. I'm looking for a Steph game. He was not 
particularly good shooting the ball uh, yes, uh, Saturday against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he just absolutely loves playing in Madison Square Garden. I was at that game five years ago at MSG where he scored 54 points, and I've never seen anything like it live. It's one of the most incredible sporting moments of my life, personally. I was also at the game the next year where he was uh, playing for the first time in Under Armour shoes and had a triple-double wearing the shoes that were commemorating his 54-point game. I bought a pair of those shoes. I'm going to get him to sign them one day. You know, as a, as a member of the media, it's not really cool for me to be asking players to sign stuff. But one day, one day, it's just going to happen. It's going to be great. I see Steph going off in three quarters and not having to play the fourth, like I said before. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up a 40 spot in three quarters. Uh, but I do hope, knock on wood, that the Warriors come to play. That they don't turn the ball over. It's going to be key against the uh, Knicks team that they rebound the ball particularly well. The Knicks don't do anything particularly well, but they do rebound the ball. They're shooting 46% from the field and only 35% from three. That's a league average mark. And they're without their most dynamic player in Chris Daps, but they still have Tim Hardaway, who's playing extremely well in his age 25 season. He's now the de facto leader of the team in that he is scoring 17 points a game shooting 41% and 31% from three, but he's chucking. You know, he's taking 15 shots a game. Courtney Lee, Ennis Cantor, and Emmanuel Moutier also taking 10 shots a game, as is Michael Beasley. So they're really spreading the offense out to all corners of the court, which is, you know, I mean, Hornacek is not a bad coach. You know, he, he knows what he has and he knows how to work with what he has. And he has a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, if the ball doesn't stick like it does with Beasley sometimes, they, they are better off. But Beasley can still put the ball in the basket. Jarrett Jack has been playing the point guard position with aplomb. And uh, Doug McDermott is finally maybe becoming more of a part of a uh, playing the part of an NBA player. Frank Nielakina, up and down in his rookie season, but still a threat, still a reasonable shooter and a guy who can slash and a guy who can find the open man. The Knicks are eighth in the league in attendance. They will be out in full force. There's going to be a lot of Warriors fans in the crowd, obviously, but there's going to be a lot of, I mean, the Knicks fans get loud. They get real. And so the Warriors will have to use that to infuse them as well. They definitely play off of enemy crowds, jazzing them up um, a lot of the time. And Steph definitely loves to silence crowds. And this is where our journey for Monday ends. Game starts at 4.30, people, so I hope you're home and able to watch it, or maybe you can put it on in the last few minutes at work on your uh, streaming it on your screen and send that to, uh, on Twitter if it doesn't get you in trouble to Fitz and JB. Make sure that you follow Locked On Warriors and Locked On NBA, NBA Net on Facebook. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are available, Spotify, Google Play, iOS, iTunes, and LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. Enjoy the game. Catch me tomorrow where I'll be recapping this game. We'll be doing our Warrior of the Week. I'll be looking into Draymond Green and making an underdog's case for him as Defensive Player of the Year and also defending his All-Star selection. And then in the third segment, we're going to go around the NBA. Stay tuned and stay thoughtful, Hoopsheads.
San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.